Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one sacred page of Talmud each day. And today's page, Bavakama 83, kicks things off with a big, bold, brash statement by none other than Rabbi Yehuda Anasi, the compiler of the Mishnah, the GOAT, greatest of all time, who tells us very, very boldly, one should speak either the sacred tongue, Hebrew, or the Greek language. Basically, Rabbi Udanasi says, look, you should either speak the language that everyone in the world speaks. At that time, it was Greek. At this time, it is English. So that you could, you know, be part of the big world, learn things, communicate with people. Or if you don't, you should speak the sacred tongue. You should speak Hebrew, which is a topic and a sentiment very close to the heart of our guest today. Welcome back to the show, Tablet Magazine's Courtney Hazlett. Hello, hello. Okay, you're currently on a very interesting journey with Hebrew, right? That's absolutely correct. And I'm kind of laughing a little bit because maybe my language journey began with ancient Greek as a freshman in college, uh, for which I got a D plus that I've never worked harder for. So perhaps it makes sense that I am now landing on Hebrew as the language that I'm trying to wrap my arms around. Right. So yeah, like if Udonis, he says either Greek or Hebrew, the Greek thing didn't really work out for me. <laughs> Let's try the Hebrew. How did you get to this notion that it was important to you as an American Jewish woman to, um, to speak Hebrew? It's one of the many things that can be categorized in a post-October 7th world, actually. As I was struggling to think of what I could do post-October 7th, for some reason, it just became very clear that, that Hebrew was very important. I started it pre-October 7th, though, when I became a bat mitzvah at the ripe age of 46, I believe, but who's counting? And when I started that process, I wanted to do something that my ancestors had done. That was what was motivating me. But by the end, I realized that it was the Hebrew language that made it most meaningful. And so after October 7th, I doubled down on my efforts. Um, It's literally the secret to Judaism, as far as I'm concerned. And it has made it really meaningful for me. What was it about the language itself that appealed? I mean, I get the sort of historical, philosophical, emotional significance, but what was it about kind of looking at these strange letters and hearing these strange guttural sounds and feeling like, okay, this this unlocks mysteries? We spend so much time in Judaism parsing meaning. There's the joke to Jews' three opinions for a very good reason. With the Hebrew language, when you get really in the weeds about it and you think about word meaning and word origins and, you know, what these letters themselves mean, then what the root means and then what the word that we're talking about means, there's so many more interpretations. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. I think that being able to really not just say it, but sit inside the word makes the word really powerful and it becomes incumbent upon us to choose our words wisely whether we're speaking in Hebrew or in English or whatever your your language is. Look, as a, as a ninth-generation Israeli, I obviously agree about the beauty and the majesty of the Hebrew language. I also hold the opinion that the Torah really has to be read in Hebrew, as every word and every letter contains multitudes of meanings. But I'm also very aware that I'm very privileged here because I, I grew up with that language. I didn't have to work particularly hard to acquire it. And I could only imagine that for someone who didn't, this is this is a handful. So tell us, 
how are you conquering it? How are you approaching it? What what is your methodology? Because you you have a very interesting. You did not Duolingo it. You're going your own path. That's correct. I did not Duolingo it. Like I said, I began in my my bat mitzvah class, but I was really nervous because as a, a semi functioning dyslexic adult, learning languages historically refer back to that D in in ancient Greek right. is very very difficult for me, and so. I want to say this for anybody who feels trepidation about it. It's not a very difficult language for me as a person who has a really hard time learning languages. I actually find the language itself and the rules of the, of the pronunciations and the way that the grammar works very straightforward. So I would like to emphasize that for people who are saying, but it's too hard. There aren't that many letters. (laughs) There aren't that many ways to rearrange them. If you're going to go after a new language, this is a good one to do it with. So how do you do it? What's, what's your methodology? Um, I keep workbooks all around, actually. Practice the letters all the time, then practice the words. Joking about Duolingo, once you understand how to put the words together, this is where you begin to bridge the Torah Hebrew with the modern Hebrew. Duolingo is good as well. You hear this all the time from people who are English learners. Watch TV in the language with the subtitles. I mean, like settle into some shtisel, but don't listen to it in the English. There are ways I feel like this is just such a Jewish concept too. If you're constantly doing it and absorbing it, before you know it, you're actually learning it. And so it's not for me a flashcard situation or a let's sit down with a vocabulary list. It's just constantly exposing. Courtney Hazlett, thank you for learning Hebrew, our people's ancient, sacred, and eternal language. And thank you for being our guest. I've not mastered it yet, but I hope that this is just one more accountability step. So I thank you, and I'm going to keep at it. None of us ever master it. That's part of its beauty. Thank you so much. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you are really going to love the new book just published by me. It's called How the Talmud Can Change Your Life, Surprisingly Modern Advice from a Very Old Book. You can order it now at your local bookstore or directly from the publisher through the link in this here podcast description or through that big online store whose logo is, you know, a smile. As always, please go rate and review Take One on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You could get your Take One t-shirts and mugs and other swag at tabletstudios.com and you could subscribe to our weekly newsletter at tabletm.ag slash take one newsletter. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramucci, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic. Talmudic.